Welcome to Here in Taiwan, coming to you from the studios of Radio Taiwan International in Taipei. And in the studio, we have Shirley Lin. Hi there. Emma Banak. Hey, everyone. And I am Natalie So. And uh, today is September 14th, Tuesday. And if you're listening on the radio, it is Wednesday, September 15th. So today we'll be talking about um, saving a very tiny species of fish. And also, when should Taiwan lift all of its COVID restrictions? Some experts are weighing in. We've seen very few cases in the past month or so, like in the low single digits. But well, we are still very serious about wearing our masks and a lot of restrictions, actually. <laughs> so mm -hmm. we'll be talking more about that um, in today's show. Join us. Right, so there is someone determined to save a very tiny species of fish. I think that's very touching <laughs> that they would care. Someone would care so much <laughs> about a very tiny species of fish. Tell us more about this, Shirley. Right. I mean, if you know your measurements, it's a, a, a kind of fish that's like only 4.8 centimeters long. Wow. Oh, wait. Maybe I should show a picture. If I, I mean, there is a picture. It's not in color, though, unfortunately. But um, uh, do you see it? There's a, there's a person's hand. And the fish is right in the middle. See that? Uh -huh. Oh, that's that. small. Yeah. Like, it's really small. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going the other way. <laughs> so it's really, really small. And you might think that it's so insignificant. But the thing is that this fish is almost going uh, extinct. And it's it's already, like, you can't see it on Taiwan proper. I mean, the Taiwan main island. It's now mainly just only on Jingmen Island. Okay, or, well, in the waters near Jingmen Island. In other words, if it's gone from Jingmen, then it's gone from the world. Mm. Like this fish is just going to be totally gone from the world. What's the name so, of this fish? I can't say the name of uh, it. The scientific <laughs> name is something like, uh, um, wait, how do, well, okay. It's um, Metzia mesembrinum. It's a type of minnow, M-I-N-N-O-W. Uh, hmm. Anyway, it's a small, small fish. And there's really nothing special about it, but it's facing Im imminent extinction. So Chen Guangyao. He's the director of the Jingmen Wildlife Rehabilitation and Conservation Association. He's dedicating himself to save this species of fish. Well, this is not the only one. He's also saving. He's like really dedicating his life to you know all this aquatic, you know, species and everything. Um, so basically, this fish, it's if it's in color, it's kind of cute. It's uh, a freshwater fish actually, and it's got browns and grays on its body. And it grows as long as 4.8 centimeters, but not any longer, and only in Taiwan. And right now, he counted there's only about 10,000 left in Jingmen, you know, in the waters in Jingmen, which is an offshore island, by the way. And um, in a short time between um, his last two surveys, he, has, he found it has totally disappeared from one of the creeks in Jingmen, and mainly due to drought conditions. And apparently, Jinmen has been experiencing some of the worst droughts in the last 50 years. And so it's posing a real threat, not just only for that fish, but other fish as well. And so farmers have also been rerouting what little water there is to irrigate their crops. So leaving no water for the fish, you know, it's that bad. Well, we had a couple of um, drought situations here in um, Taiwan proper 
for what about a month or so i think just only a couple months ago yeah it went so, from being one of the driest years to one of the years with the most rainfall I know, pretty yeah, floods. crazy twist yeah i know yeah I, I really believe there's climate you know this change here mm-hmm. um anyway for some people who don't believe but i do um so this fish is disappearing and um some rehabilitation efforts have preserved a small number of them but the situation is still pretty serious so this has led you know this guy mr chen to reach deep into his own pockets to start what he calls a fish reclamation workshop and and the workshop is three breeding tanks which hold about 300 of the fish as a reserve fund (laughs) quote unquote (laughs) And if they go extinct, these 300 fish will be released into the wild to repopulate the island. So it's quite an ordeal. Um, the workshop cost him about 1,800 US dollars per month to get it going. And, but he said it's all worthwhile. And um, because he says, an animal saved is an animal gained. Oh. That's his motto. So anyway. He's working really tirelessly to preserve other disappearing fish species too, native to Jingmen as well. I and hope he has some other people helping <laughs> him with this. It sounds, sounds like he's trying busy. to take on the entire world's issues. Yeah, you know, I wonder if he's even married and has a family. If he's I don't like know if he has time so for much, that. You know, fish are his babies, right? <laughs> I mean, really. And you know, it says that even after ten years, he's still looking, and I guess he's looking for this particular Snyder's barb that hasn't been seen in the wild for nearly two decades, but he's not giving up. He's just saving them. Wow. So I, I guess sometimes a small a fish like that, it probably affects the ecology. And so you really want to try to save whatever you can and not let anything go extinct because they're, they're existing in the world for a reason, right? On earth, every, every particular living thing, I think. I think it's so. always nice to see people who, who care about the lives of animals, whether mm. they're fish, you know, sea animals or pets. You know, there is a pet-related um, trend in Taiwan that's uh, showing up in the business world, too. Or in the convenience store world, there's going to be a pet section at 7-Elevens. So, at like... A, the larger 7-Elevens, meaning there's going to be... Uh, they're going to sell, like, litter and all kinds of oh, pet food oh, wow. and, I don't know, snacks. I hope they have toys, too. For a second, I thought <laughs> you meant there I, was going to be... buy toys. <laughs> yeah. I thought you meant there was going to be, like, a doggy daycare. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I was thought. like, I will be there every day. <laughs> funny. Hey, that's an idea, huh? Yeah, It would right? definitely attract a crowd, for sure. <laughs> like, if you want to shop for a, a while at a 7-Eleven, I mean... Hey, they've got all kinds of things, you know, and Especially it can take time, ones, right? Yeah. The and you ones. don't want to keep the pet at home and worried about it. So you bring it with you, right? And they can put them in a Maybe daycare. that's the next offering. I mean, <laughs> for, for pet owners, you, if, you have, if you buy pet food, you have to go. And there's certain stores that, you know, sell everything a pet needs, but they're not in every neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. You usually have to, tra- you know, walk a distance or take an MRT or something. Yeah. So here, if there's going to be quite a lot of 7-Elevens having these uh, pet products available so conveniently, it's pretty nice. That really would be convenient. Although, I mean, you I mean, know. it's probably more expensive there, but, um, you know, just oh. in case you need something. Yeah. I mean, what's a convenience store for, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you're out of cat food. 
Yeah. So that can happen. Yeah. Anytime, twenty four seven, the middle of the night, your cat just won't won't shut up and just yeah, like just feed me. Won't <laughs> shut up. But it would be nice if you know they sell toys, I guess. Huh? Uh, yeah. But that's asking too much, maybe. I don't know. I don't see any toys in the picture. I'm like we need <laughs> oh, toys. Oh, there's a picture. Okay. Like yeah, yeah, a little bit too lazy to go away so far to buy a toy for my cat. So. Yeah, but I hear that pets can be really fussy about toys. I mean. You spend the money, but uh, that's then true. They, they may not like it. Like, yeah, they, they are. They're picky like about it. toys, just like kids are, right? Yeah, <laughs> so. I feel like I've, I've seen things where the owner gets the dog a toy, and the dog ends up just playing with the the box or the wrapping paper <laughs> oh, instead true. of the toy itself. Yeah. Oh. oh. Or or they break it, they chew on it, and yeah, and that's that. All the money's gone <laughs> spent on the toy or something. Oh, actually, my cat likes to play with those like twisty things, like you you use to twist. Oh, twist ties. What are they? Twist ties. He's mm. really into that. Oh. Online. Those those are free. They come with a lot of products. Oh. And, the, oh, those, and, oh, and oh, he oh, likes okay. boxes, like yeah. about his size. I'll just go into the box and get really excited. <laughs> <laughs> this is my size, you know. Ooh. That's something so. I can look forward to, huh? Because, yeah. I mean, we're thinking about getting a cat. Because my son wants one. So <laughs> we're still in the process. Yeah, yes. you should get one. So, I mean, pets are becoming more and more popular here in Taiwan. Cats and dogs are really popular. And a lot of people actually push them in the stroller. Oh, my God. Have I see that, that all the time. And I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't know what the dog's condition is. Maybe it has arthritis or something. But to me, I'm like, that dog like probably wants to be walking. That's no. true. I think, I think that um, Taiwanese don't have the uh, concept of, you know, having to walk your dog as much as, like, Americans. They uh-huh. tend to, like, they like to control them and keep them in a... They're pampering them. They're pampering <laughs> them. Or, you know, they're afraid that they might, you know, get run over or, you get know, run over, go get far, their feet you know, dirty or something. Yeah. <laughs> get their feet dirty. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, there uh, are a lot of those. Yeah. So I suppose they strollers. don't have those strollers in the States, right? Um, I'm they sure do, like they still do. And like, there's always who... been the trend of having a little dog in your purse or something. But I don't I don't think it's anywhere near as common to see as I see as people here. pushing strollers. I yeah. know. Yeah. I think a lot I mean. of people I know in the U.S. have gotten dogs like partially for the purpose of getting them to exercise more, like go out and run with them or mm-hmm. walk with them or something. Yeah. By the way, it's actually healthy for humans to own a pet. So because one, you, you get more exercise, right? And two, they help you decrease your um, stress level and they help you decrease your blood pressure. Really? So actually, you're less likely to have a heart attack. So I, I, I remember, um, so that like 30% less likely for if you're a cat owner. I didn't find out about dogs, but I think it's probably similar. But so I wonder... for you guys. Oh, so, but then you don't get as much exercise if you own a cat, right? No, <laughs> you don't walk that doesn't help you exercise too much. But every, everything else is good for you. It does. Okay, it right, helps right. you like relieve pressure, you know, because all of a sudden you, you're looking at your cat and you can't be too serious. Mm. If you're gonna play with your cat, you can't like be stressed out, right? So it kind of just like, did someone just leave a comment? Yeah, we actually have a comment sort of on yeah. the whole uh, whether or not to push dogs in strollers, <laughs> and uh, Yu Shen Su says that um, sometimes. Uh, their dog is just too lazy to walk, <laughs> and it just stops and wants you to hold it. So oh, are you serious? They understand the just necessity like of the troll. Just like a child. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I mean, I wonder if that if Taiwanese that pamper our pets so much that they become like little kids. <laughs> <laughs> really? Um, yeah, just getting pampered. Okay. So, okay, so yeah, let's well. go on to our next topic. All right. 
tell us about this expert who wants to uh, discuss lifting Taiwan's COVID restrictions. Emma? Right. So there is a virologist named Michael Lai. Uh, he's Taiwanese, and he says that uh, Taiwan really needs to start considering when it's going to be lifting its stricter border controls because sooner or later we are going to have to learn to live with the COVID-19 virus, not just kind of cut ourselves off from it and um, have restrictions like about wearing masks and number of people that can congregate in an area, just trying to go back as close as we can to our normal lives uh, because COVID-19 is not going away or just coronaviruses in general. And um, Dr. Lai came to this conclusion partially after he came back from the U.S. with his wife. He returned to Taiwan, and in Taiwan, it's required for you to stay in a quarantine hotel for two weeks after returning to the country. And then I believe that you have to do a week of self-health monitoring at yes. home. So it's basically a total of three weeks of mm. quarantining yourself, which is a lot of time and definitely discourages most people from wanting to travel out of the country or come into Taiwan. And Lai is saying that um, this is really putting a lot of pressure on society. And I'm sure it's affecting a lot of industries like the tourism industry, um, hotels. And Lai says that we need to start uh, putting, I guess, operations in place for people to slowly go back to their normal lives. Mm -hmm. He says that the coronavirus should become weaker in a year or two due to evolution and also due to the fact that hopefully the majority of the vac uh, majority of the population will have received at least two doses of the vaccine by that point. Mm -hmm. um, and Dr. Lai also believes that Taiwan has been doing a really great job of controlling the pandemic and that in general, people are already quite cognizant of proper uh, proper hygiene and keeping uh, social distancing. And he believes that it's really not possible to keep the border closed the way it is forever. So um, it's time to start considering how are we going to go back to the way that things were before. He actually said that um, he believes that he can give an exact date for around when he thinks that would be. But he believes that by the time Taiwan's about 80% of the population is fully vaccinated, like has received two doses of the vaccine, um, then he believes that it should be strongly considered for all COVID restrictions to be lifted. And this is actually very similar to what was done in Denmark, um, where they also they reached the vaccine threshold of 80% of the people received two shots um, and the people, I guess, of the population 12 years old and above. And it seems like they've been able to uh, quite smoothly return back to um, as normal as they can, uh -huh. basically. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, I, I guess the thing is not to, you know, to help people like not still panicking about this whole pandemic situation. It's like, you know, have to make people realize that this could be the new norm and you just get used to it. It's not like it's not that serious, you know. I don't know. Some people compare it to like the, um, what do you call it, the flu. But, mm -hmm. but some other people, you know, think, no, this is more serious than the flu. But actually, it's about the same kind of concept and the same idea. And, and the thing is that um, I think people just need to stop panicking and be worried so much. And, and I think help themselves to go back to, you know, normal 
way of life. I, I think, um, yeah, I think it makes sense. You know, it's like kind of like helping people to think, get out of the box and think otherwise that, hey, you know, it's not that serious. I don't know. It's, 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 whole, it's whole changing the mindset. Mentality of people. Yeah, I. It makes I'm sense. Very curious about how children who have basically their first years that they can really remember of their lives have been like this, just seeing everyone outside wearing masks. And for us, we know, okay, that's not at all how life was before, like the entire time before um, COVID 19. But for a lot of kids, like this is all their memories of school have been like this. And I wonder how they will feel as we move back to what we consider more normal but what they've never really truly experienced before how do you guys feel about like you know probably the new norm is that we're going to be wearing a mask you know probably most of the time um at least that has cut down on people going to the doctors and i mean getting sick and going to the doctors in general so i mean i don't I, i guess i don't mind like you know not wearing the mask the whole time but maybe when we go on public transportation or something like that but other than that, I think everything else, you know, if only we can get back to normal um, and not worry so much and panic so much, I think it's the adults. If they, if we have, if they carry the right attitude, then children won't panic and won't worry so much. And, you know, it, it really is, um, uh, it's an obstacle to getting normal education in mm-hmm. school, going to school and things like that. So you really don't want, I don't know, it just takes all the fun out of you know and only just making putting more stress on the kids and really don't want that it's just not healthy yeah i guess you have to strike a balance between uh, being careful right and then being panicky right yeah i think in taiwan people are careful enough maybe throughout the world there's some people who aren't careful enough like maybe they're not willing to get vaccinated not willing to i I think in taiwan there's a really good sort of collective or like a sort of community feel and that uh it's this is not just about taking care of yourself but also uh taking care of the people around you and that that's why it's your duty to be wearing a mask whereas in or just like following proper protocol whereas in other countries where i think a more individual individualized mindset is emphasized people are saying that oh like wearing a mask is my personal decision or like, I'm young, I'm, if I get COVID, I'm not going to be seriously sick, but not really thinking beyond themselves to if they pass COVID on to someone else who might have a uh, not as strong immune system, yeah. then it could be a lot riskier for them. Right. I actually do know of someone in Taiwan, a good friend, he doesn't intend to, to get vaccinated. And I don't know why, but, you know, um, he never really come out right saying why he doesn't you know, but the rest of his family is getting vaccinated, but he isn't. And I don't know what he's worried about, or what, but but I'm sure there are people like that who just they just don't intend to take it for whatever personal reasons. And but but are we, should we worry about those kind of people? Because I think there's a certain level when you've got the population vaccinated, then there's herd immunity. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's the about 80 percent that they're so aiming for. 80 percent. Yeah. Well, we haven't reached that yet in Taiwan. No. Yeah. I was looking at the vaccination rate, and even though our numbers for having people get at least the first vaccine are gradually growing, I think we're a little less than 50 percent of the population has gotten at least one dose. But as for the percentage that's been fully vaccinated, um, that's under 5%. So yeah, still a, very, still very a long low. way to go. 
I think but of course we're short on vaccines. Yeah, that's a problem. We need more vaccines. <laughs> yes, we're getting the word so out there. <laughs> that's. I think that's a key issue for us. I think most people are willing to get vaccinated, or yeah. enough people are willing. But it's crazy how in other countries, vaccines. though, they need to pay them or like yeah. offer some sort of Lottery. gift in order to get people to take the vaccine. Oh, incentives. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Oh, so someone, Sabina Kuo mm. is saying, talking about pets, actually. Having pets is therapeutic. Mm. That's true. Did you know that, Shirley? I believe that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm starting to believe that. Yeah, they're like a <laughs> we companion. We haven't had a cat yet, but. They're like a companion. Mm-hmm. And how are they therapeutic? That, like what I mentioned, they physically and emotionally will soothe you. Mm. So... I don't know, something very special about that. I right. think it's Can't just kind of that. an uncomplicated loving relationship. Like, <laughs> you love your family members, but you'll it's get in fights and argue with them. Right. <laughs> your dog is just sort of this pure love, and you get this pure love, love in return. Oh, that's mm-hmm. true. You've All had right. dogs growing up, right? So yeah, you know. there's nothing like coming home and having a dog just so incredibly happy to see you, no matter what. You've been having a terrible day. You've been having a great day. It doesn't matter what happened. Um, your dog just is always happy to see you so and there's really like nice. no arguments with your right exactly stuff, right? No definitely helps that they can talk <laughs> 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 although i would like to know what my dog is thinking <laughs> they can That's be your great really listener cool. right mm-hmm. they can just like dump all the garbage on it and it won't react it just keeps smiling at you mm-hmm. yeah all right i'm looking forward to that that as we as we got a cat <laughs> yeah i can't wait to see pictures <laughs> okay yay so um Shirley, tell us quickly about Taiwan team being qualified to participate in the Hope Prize. What's that about? Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, it's uh, the Hope Prize Challenge is known as the Nobel Prize for students, college students. And so a team from the National Taiwan University, which is Taiwan's top university, is among 30 teams around the world that is competing in this year's Hope Prize Challenge. And you could be winning uh, a prize of one million U.S. dollars. Wow. And, yeah. So the team um, from Taiwan is titled Into Wellness, and it consists of three college students from NTU. And um, what it is is, hold on one second, um, it's a platform that offers diet-friendly meals to chronic kidney disease patients with the help of nutritionists and chefs. And um, so they uh, had like repeatedly amended their business model and they just registered as a company in Taipei, I guess uh, at the time of this reporting, it would have been two weeks ago. Yeah. And so the team is actually, there were a total of 30,000 teams around the world that were competing lot. for wow. this and only 30 got to you know participate in this help prize. Right now, they're going through a five-week global accelerator program. It, this is happening in the UK, by the way. And only six will be selected from the conclusion of the five-week program to move on to the challenge finals with the winning team receiving, like I said, one million U.S. dollars for the startup business. And so uh, um, they stay, because it's in the U.K., to stay at this English castle arranged by the Hull Prize Foundation. (laughs) Um, They also prepared trademark, well, the Taiwan team. They prepared Taiwanese snacks, pineapple cakes, and cream filled puffs (laughs) to share with other teams and promote Taiwan of course every moment to promote Taiwan and so yeah I think this is really amazing because I know that a couple of years ago well more than a couple years ago I actually interviewed the winner uh, from Taiwan of the Hulk Prize that year and um, it was called Coffee for the Future and which was that um, they actually set up a coffee shop 
And with the money that people buy a cup of coffee, it goes to making a brick for building a school in some underdeveloped country. Yeah. Wow. It's called Coffee for the Future. Yeah, okay. so I interviewed the person who initiated this. It was really amazing. Oh, this team does. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we wish them the best of luck. They're doing some good work over there. And uh, thank you for joining us for here in Taiwan. Thank you for those who participated. And we will see you next week. Uh, for here in Taiwan, I'm Natalie So. I'm Emma Banak. And I'm Shirley Lin. Bye. 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 This is Radio Taiwan International.
You're listening to Just the Classics on Radio Taiwan International. I'm your host for this week, Stash Butler. Now, we're, this week we're going to be focusing on the music of Sangpui. He's an indigenous singer from southeastern Taiwan. Uh, you just listened to the song Mava. That's in the Pinuyumayan language, and it means embrace. Next up is a song called Itian de Senghuo in Chinese, or A Day in the Life.
That was A Day in the Life by the indigenous Taiwanese singer Sang Pui. Uh, next, we're going to be listening to Gen uh, the Chinese title, or Ituru Sanai. Excuse my Pinoyumayan, it's very rusty, uh, which means something like following you.
That was following you by Sangpui. Next up, it's Sadeku na Semenan, which means something like warm light. This has been Just the Classics, and I'm your host, Stash Butler, on Radio Taiwan International. Ai, 
This is Radio Taiwan International. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.